A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello and welcome to another ArsCast on ArsBlog.com in association with a brand new sponsor, which is OleOle.com. If you don't know what OleOle.com is, I'll explain that to you in just a few minutes' time. But first, coming up on today's show, I'll give you the the lowdown. Uh, Basically, it's all your favorite stuff. It's um, uh, the man in the bar, he's here. Arsene Wenger Hawkins is here. Uh, We'll be talking and getting your comments and reactions uh, to the David Dean story, which is the big story off the pitch this week. On the pitch, things have been an awful lot better than they were in recent weeks. We've started scoring goals and winning games, and it makes everything so much more delicious. Life is an awful lot more bearable uh, now that we're we're getting points again. And six points in the last week um, is much, much better than no points in the, the other weeks. You see? Uh, but anyway, we'll, we'll be talking about that in a few minutes' time. Now then, uh, what is OleOle.com? OleOle.com is a website, funnily enough. And, and what it is, it's like a football community. You can join, or you can just go along and comment. And, and it's sort of, sort of, in a way, it's a bit like MySpace for football, except not as lame as MySpace. If you know a website called Dig.com, where stories are, are submitted to the site and then rated, and the more ratings they get, uh, the higher they appear um, on the site's front page, and the more popular those stories are. It's it's that sort of concept. So you write your blogs, and if somebody likes it, then they can olay it, as they call it, and the more olays it gets, the higher up it appears. It's a brand new football community, a new concept, and it's something you can get involved in right from the start. And uh, OleOle.com will be sponsoring the Arse Blog Podcast from here on in uh, for quite a while to come. So that's www.oleole.com. Now then, before we uh, get into all the David Dean stuff, let's uh, look back at the football that's uh, happened between the last Arscast and this one. And Saturday was a game against Bolton that we could not lose. You might remember um, there was that whole no, 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 no. We just couldn't lose. It obviously worked, inspired the lads, and uh, despite some uh, terrible, terrible defending uh, for their goal, and of course it was an Elke that put them ahead, we came back. Amazingly, it was fantastic. Uh, we got goals from midfield, something that we've been lacking, and, and you can see the difference that it makes when it does happen. The first one, Thomas Rosicki, got on the end of an anti-Bayor cross, some poor defending by Nicky Kunt, but... At the end of the day, Rosicki put himself in the right place at the right time and equalized. And just after half time, none other than Sesk. Scored what turned out to be the winning goal. And uh, it was great to see him get off the mark. And you could see by his celebrations just how much that goal meant to him. Uh, we had more chances. Uh, Diaby could have had a couple. Uh, one header that went wide. Uh, he had a good left foot shot that went wide as well. And, of course, it was that hilarious bit at the end when himself and Baptista both decided to be eight years old again. And, and uh, rather than actually score, they'd push each other off the ball to uh, to see who could do it. Uh, if Baptista had gone wide, um, Diaby could have slipped him in. But, no. Anyway, 
comedy stuff. Hopefully they'll learn from that. And uh, it was very nice to get three points. Of course, Bolton could have had a penalty at the end, probably should have had a penalty at the end. Rather stupid handball uh, by Emmanuel Ebue. But luckily enough, we got away with it and got the three points. On Tuesday then, we had Manchester City. And again, the midfield chipped in with goals. A great goal from Rosicki, a cross in from Ibue. And Rosicki's, uh, the timing of his run made it uh, a very, very good cross. And uh, he clipped the ball in uh, to open the scoring. Again, the big problem, well, not the big problem, the big problem was scoring goals. We seem to have uh, fixed that slightly. But there's a definite weakness in that we always look like we can concede a goal at any time, which must give hope to the opposition. And so it was. A poor kick out from Jens Lehmann. Uh, the ball came through. Colo's attempt at a tackle was terrible. And, and Abue stood still and let the guy run in behind him and uh, made it 1-1 at half time. Then the first few minutes or the first 25 minutes of the second half were so frustrating because you could see we were nearly there. Nearly there in terms of scoring. We did make some good chances. Adebayor had a header saved. Rosicki was clean through, and he should have, in my view, he should have shot, but he, he chose to score to Adebayor, who, who's, uh, whose shot was blocked. But then, yet another magical moment. The ball broke from Rosicki. He was tackled on the edge of the box, and it fell to Sesk. Who controlled it and then hit home a beautiful volley over Isaacson to make it 2-1. Uh, two goals and two for him, two goals and two for Rosicki. And as if miracles could never end, Julio Baptista got himself on the score sheet uh, to make it 3-1 and to make the game safe. So six lovely, lovely points. And uh, it puts us uh, back on track a little bit. Eight points clear of fourth place. Or eight points clear of fifth place, I should say. And uh, a bit more confidence and belief going into the North London Derby tomorrow. As I said in the blog during the week, it was great to see the uh, the midfielders get on the score sheet, and even Baptista. But he's sort of come out now uh, this week and said that, you know, he, he can't stand it in England. The weather's too cold. It's always raining. But more than that, he can't do the fancy flicks and the bicycle kicks that he likes to do as a footballer because those big, mean old defenders won't give him the time to do it. How dare they? How dare they do their jobs and tackle him? Anyone who saw his attempt at a step over during the Bolton game will be glad that he doesn't try too many flicks and tricks. Um, he did a step over, another step over, two defenders in front of him, and boom! The ball went about six feet away from him. Um, so quite what he's talking about when he can't get the basics right, sort of trapping the ball and holding on to the ball and passing the ball and, and, and things like that. Um, quite why he's so interested in doing fancy flicks and tricks, I don't know. But may I suggest to Julio Batista that he does them... You know, in five-a-side or something. Football sala, as they would call it in Spain. Go play for a team like that where you can do flicks and drag backs and all that sort of stuff, and it doesn't make any difference. But this is real football. Real football. And if you're going to complain about uh, defenders actually defending, then I think you've got something wrong with your priorities. He will go back to Madrid at the end of the season. I don't see Arsenal keeping him. What will happen with Reyes remains to be seen. I don't see him coming back. So we'll flog him off to someone... Uh, in Spain, and then use that money um, for, uh, I don't quite know what we'll use that money for. A transfer? Nah, couldn't happen. Couldn't happen, could it? No. Okay. So let's talk about David Dean, uh, the former vice chairman of Arsenal, a man who'd been at the club for 24 years, a guy synonymous with Arsenal, really. Somebody who represented the club all over Europe at uh, functions and gala dinners and um, various other gigs here and there, uh, is no longer the vice chairman of Arsenal. Uh, the news broke on, on Wednesday night, and, and uh, this is what went out on the news wires. 
Today it was announced that David Dean is to leave Arsenal Association Football Club with immediate effect. It is believed that the rift developed between the board and Dean when Dean wanted to sell to an American. To quote the chairman, Peter Hillwood, That cunt can go fuck himself if he thinks he's selling to an American. Dean is to be put to death by hanging from the North Girl Post at the shiny new Highbury Stadium this weekend at 12.30 sharp. Don't miss it. And who would dare miss such a fun day out? Um, uh, so much talk about this. It's difficult to know where to start or what to say that already hasn't been said in the blog uh, and in the comments and the irises and all that sort of stuff. So there's plenty of discussion about it. I mean, why did it happen? We know that there's a, a, a conflict between the board and David Dean. David Dean seems to have signed, uh, sided with Cronky. Um, he wants in, uh, could still get back in um, if uh, he sells his shares to Cronky and is put on the board as Cronky's as representative. Whether or not he decides to sell at the moment is another thing, because the board have pledged uh, to not do anything for a year. Um, so that's the 45% that they definitely control. Um, the main questions, or the main concerns, I suppose, for most people are, uh, number one, will it affect Arsene Wenger? And number two, uh, who's going to do the job that David Dean does? So let's start with that one. We don't know yet. Obviously, the club are going to have some kind of a plan in order to uh, get somebody in to deal with transfers, to deal with contract negotiations, to deal with all the football things that David Dean dealt with. Um, and no question, that's uh, something that needs to be put in place sooner rather than later. But they're obviously going to do that uh, with Arsene in mind, with possibly Arsene's input into who should be brought in to, to, to work alongside him in that regard. Um, does Arsene need a buffer between him and the board? Well, you've read what the chairman said, that Arsene attends all the board meetings. He's not a stranger to them. He has good relationships with the rest of the board and not just David Dean. It's not as if it's Arsene and David sitting in the corner passing notes and giggling. He knows all the rest of the board. He sits on the board meetings. He's aware of the financial position of the club. He's aware of the restraints uh, that he may have or may not have, even though the, the, the chairman has said that there is money available for him. So um, from that point of view, the club will put somebody in place and that side of things will go on. Will it affect uh, his own future or will it affect him in the short term? No, because uh, it's not going to affect his responsibilities. It's not going to affect his day-to-day -day tasks. It's not going to impinge on, the, on the, uh, the way that he runs the club, the football side of things. Nobody, just because David Dean is gone, is going to say, well, Arsene, we need a more hands-on role in, the, in running the football side of things because that simply won't happen. So uh, once you get over the shock, I suppose, of losing somebody like David Dean, uh, the change, and it is a big change, once you go beyond that, that, that short-term shock, it doesn't make a huge amount of difference to the day-to-day -day running uh, of the club in the short term once they get somebody in uh, to carry out the duties that David Dean did. As we said, we don't know exactly what Dean's intentions are uh, with uh, regard to his shares. Will he sell to Kroenke? Will he not? Uh, if he does, will he come back onto the board? Uh, it's too early to say. It's too early to say. But what I would say uh, to everybody who's sort of panicking a little bit is that there is no real reason to panic just at this moment. And what we've seen in the last uh, 48 hours or so is a board that is uh, committed to a path that it has chosen in order to progress the club. I've said on previous Arscasts and on the blog that I would be um, opposed to any takeover of the club. What we've got is a board that is now preventing that happening and the attitude, I think, uh, 
between fans or for a number of fans it is quite split. I find the attitude that some people would rather uh, take a big chunk of money from a guy with little or no love for Arsenal Football Club. And I know you might say, well, look, uh, Danny Fisman and the Hillwoods and everybody else, maybe they're not uh, entirely in it just for the love. But they're Arsenal supporters, and they've been associated with the club for a long time. And what they do is in the best interests of Arsenal Football Club. If somebody like Stan Kroenke comes in, what he does is in the best interest of Stan Kroenke, not Arsenal Football Club. And that's the bottom line. I'd rather protect what we have um, as the last of the big clubs in England. It's kind of funny because everybody, every football fan will denigrate the achievements of Chelsea and the titles that they've won and the trophies that they've won simply because of who owns them and the money that he's put into the club and it's all bought and it's all this, that and the other. And Arsenal fans, did we not throw dollars and Manchester United fans at the FA Cup final when they were uh, about to be taken over by Glazer? What's different? How can we laugh at Manchester United and say, ah, oh, you've sold out this, that and the other, and then look for the same kind of thing ourselves? It's very short-term thinking. If we have to take a couple of seasons of suffering, um, you know, relatively speaking, I would prefer to do that than, than sell our club to, to an American just so we can buy a few extra players in the transfer market, because that, as far as I can see, is the only benefit of having somebody like Stan Kroenke on board. So there needs to be a little bit of perspective in all this. Uh, uh, I'm not panicking. I'm not that worried. I think Arsene's press conference tomorrow is going to be very, very, very interesting. What he says about uh, David Dean's sacking and the future of the club, I think is going to be very interesting. But let's not forget it's Arsene that spoke in the last number of weeks about how he wouldn't be particularly in favour of a takeover, how he wouldn't uh, like to see Arsenal's values um, in any way compromised. So maybe this is not something that Arsene and David Dean have seen eye to eye on all along. Anyway, that's enough waffle about uh, David Dean. From my point of view, anyway, what I did uh, during yesterday was look for some uh, voicemails and some uh, um, some audio messages. So just to get a little bit of feedback from the fans, and this is a, a number of the messages that that you've left over the course of the day. Uh, yeah, I don't think he's um, I don't think he's all that bad. I mean, he's only doing what um, what businessmen do, and that's uh, he's there to make money. Hello, Gunnar Mike here. Regarding David Dean's departure, personally, I think. It would be sad to, it's sad to see David Dean go. Uh, he had done an awful lot for the club. He brought Arsene Wenger here. He has negotiated many players here, and I think it's a bit sad that the board couldn't come to some agreement with him. But there you are. It's the way the game goes, and I suppose we have to be brave and look, look to the future. But it's a sad day for Arsenal. I think we have an excellent board, but without David Dean and especially his actions in the late or in the 80s and the 90s, we'd probably be no more than just another Everton. So um, I'm glad the board isn't selling us out, but I do want to thank David Dean for everything he's done. Yeah, it's everyone's favorite German here. Um, I'm not sure if this uh, takeover malarkey really works, to be honest. Um, it's a bit of a fashion thing now, isn't it? I'm strictly against American investment because basically I don't want to become Britain the 53rd state of America. Um, globalization is about making America even stronger than it already is, and it has to stop. And um, I'm happy to reconsider my view if somebody else comes along and makes another bid, and if that person is coming from another country, but cranky. 
Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Sharon, and here's where it gets interesting. Raise your hand if you want Salon Perfect Nails for just $2 a manicure. Yeah, me too. With the Alvin June Manny system, you can say goodbye to expensive services that take hours and hours and love your nails more than ever. I would know I've been doing it for years. Get 20% off your first Manny system with code PERFECTMANNY20 at alvinjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20. That's PERFECTMANNY20 at alvinjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20. It's a brand new year, and what better time to get going with that online store you've been thinking of. Those I was there when Arsenal actually scored a goal t-shirts would fly off the shelves right now. And to get yourself up and running, you need Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way through to the did we hit a million order stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort with thanks to Shopify magic, your AI powered all-star. Sign up for a $1 a month trial period at shopify.com slash arsblog, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash arsblog now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash arsblog. No way. Fuck him. Thanks. Bye-bye. Archer here, blogger. I'm pretty happy to see the end of them. I was never a great fan of Orange Man anyway, but then that's another thing. <laughs> so some of your views there on the uh, the fallout from the David Dean thing. Don't forget, if you do have any contributions that you'd like to make to the Arscast, you can always leave a voicemail. It's very easy. You just pick up your phone and dial a number and then speak after the tone. You all know how to do that. You'll find the telephone number uh, on the Arscast page on the Arsblog homepage. Now then, for something a little bit different, um, it's time to go to the bar. To the man in the bar, and unfortunately, uh, I got there a little later than I usually do this week. There, there, there he is now, lads. Look, there are ice blogger fellas in here now, and he's <laughs> look at him, he's got a face like a spade. <laughs> uh, you're after coming later than usual, you see, because now I'm after having about six points more than possibly I'm, I might normally have. Anyway, uh, seeing as you're here with your big fucking spade face on you, we might as well get down to business, which is, um, uh, the the player history thing, that's right. Did you ever see that film, The History of the World, by Mel Gibson? No, Mel Brooks. And did you know he was the... Uh, pardon, sorry, I just got a little bit sick in my mouth. Um, oh, did you know he was the brother of Tim Brooks Taylor from the Goodies? 
You didn't, did you? No. Anyway, uh, yeah, I'll have another one. Cheers, Charlie, good man. We're talking. Who are we talking about? We haven't. I didn't say. Oh, well, okay. Uh, Ashley Cole. No. Um, Ashley Cole. How's, uh, how will I put this in so many words? He's a... He's a cunt. A despicable little fucking cunt. And the thing about Ashley Cole is, you see, he's a cunt. But not many people know this about him. Now I know a secret about Ashley Cole. And it's not... Uh, it's not something you might have read in some pink website. Or, you know, the secret is... He's a cunt. <laughs> Look at you, fucking... Did anyone ever tell you you got a face like a spade? With a f uh, spade... If I was ever trying to dig up my garden and I couldn't find my spade and you would come around for a cup of tea, I could pick you up by the feet and use your head to dig up my garden because you're a fucking big spade head. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I go home now because I'm after trickling something down the inside of my leg. <laughs> that was the man in the bar, and he'll be back on next week's Arsecast with another player history. Hopefully, he won't be as drunk, and hopefully, he'll be giving us a, a more non-cunty player history. Uh, you know, he gets a little obsessive about Ashley Cole when he's had a few drinks on him. For some reason, I'm not quite sure why. I, he does hate him, obviously, like we all do, but I, it's a strange one. Anyway, what better to take us into the next section? And this is the next section. And by next section, I mean more or less the last section of the Arsecast today because there's no blog chat to fill up about 15 minutes, so it's just me. Sorry. Um, A joke. How about a joke? Okay, here we go. Knock, knock. Who's there? Orange. Orange who? Aren't you glad I'm not David Dean? <laughs> oh, uh, not quite up there with the, uh, you know, Dennis Bergkamp playing Spurs on his own joke or the David Beckham box of cornflakes thing, but, you know, it's all right, isn't it? Anyway, during the week, we had a, a we, I say we, it's the royal we. And by royal we, I don't mean Princess Diana's urine. I mean just me on my own. But we sounds much better, like it's a much more global organization, a much more um, vast corporation, the Arsblog Corporation. We thank you for your custom. But no, it's just me, one guy in a room with a computer. Uh, but I, then, I, uh, got an audio message during the week, and you might remember our bad run. It's hard to forget. It was only last week, really. Um, but Sid, from Italy, who doesn't sound terribly Italian, so I suspect he might be one of those foreign people. Well, he's foreign over there. He wouldn't be foreign if he came back home. But anyway, uh, he's he's a foreigner somewhere in Italy, and he sent this message. He seems to think he knows why we went on that bad run. Hi, Arse Blogger. After weeks of statistical analysis of the team's form this season, I have conclusively identified the defining factors responsible for our changes of form. 
And here's the fascinating thing. All the accessible criteria point to Arsene Wenger-Hawkins as the key to our success or failure. Now, look look back to our pre-Christmas dip in form. What was the reaction then? Hawkins starts publicly cranking up the heat on key targets like Pardew and Robbie Savage. And what happens then? The team get behind him and we start on a reign of destruction totally annihilating everything before of us. And all of a sudden the main man, Arsene Wenger-Hawkins, starts to go up his own arse. He gets away from the ultra-violence and starts whinging about unfair dismissal, the cost of his divorce and looking back on a failed career in the porno industry. Listen, no wonder the bunch of kids to whom he is, after all, a father figure and mentor, have forgotten where the goal is. They're probably angling after photo shoots in Hustler magazine. But now, blogger, now Hawkins has got his eye back on the ball. Don't tell me that his vicious and ruthless demolition of that fat old bulldog was totally unconnected to Arsenal's two wins in four days. Arsene Wenger Hawkins has found the vitriol again. He's motivating the lads, and they're ready to kill for him. Oh, yes. Hmm. So it seems... The more violent that Arsene Wenger-Hawkins is, the better Arsenal's results. Hmm, I hadn't noticed. Could the two things be connected? Lack of violence from Arsene Wenger-Hawkins equals poor results from Arsenal? It somehow transmits itself to the players as a lack of fight, a lack of effort, a lack of focus? But when Arsene Wenger-Hawkins is out there maiming, flaying, slaying, slaughtering, disemboweling, beheading... Somehow, perhaps it's the blood and brain particles in the air that find their way to London Colney, uh, to the training ground, and provide that extra bit of spark that the lads need in order to win games. I'll tell you a secret, if you promise not to tell anybody. You promise? You do? Okay. The other night he was on his way home from town, and, and he was going through this alley. He says he was taking a shortcut now, you know, I'm holding my hands up here. You can't see it. He says he was taking a shortcut. It's a fairly infamous alley. Um, people do things there. Well, I don't know. But apparently, he told me he killed a homeless person. He said he bashed his head in with a with a Serrano ham, a leg of ham, and took off in his turbocharged wheelchair. That's pretty violent, you have to say. But what happened the next day? Arsenal beat Bolton came back from behind to beat Bolton. Thomas Rosicki scored a goal. Sesk. Scored his first league goal of the season. Are the two things related? Man is battered to death with a leg of Serrano ham. Arsenal win 2-1. And the two goal scorers are guys that have struggled for goals all season long. Perhaps it has a point. Hmm. So with that in mind, let us hope that Arsene Wenger-Hawkins has a, a tale of ferocity, savagery, sadism, barbarity, might, power, brutality, and all other kind of itty things that are to do with hurting people. Because leaving everything else aside, the skill of the players, the manager, the tactics, the big upfritness of a North London derby, Arsene Wenger-Hawkins' story of, of terror is surely what will bring us three points at White Hart Lane tomorrow. So here's the man himself. Hello everyone. I hope you've had a good week. 
This week, instead of a tale of violence or death or blood coming out of orifices it shouldn't, I have a heartwarming story of peace and love and goodwill to all men. It begins in a railway station high in the Swiss Alps. A young boy is waiting for his father to come back from the war. He is nearly pissing down his legs with excitement. However, when all the people get off the train his father is not. The boy is nearly pissing down his leg with sorrow. Then... Oh, excuse me. I need to take this. Hello? Yeah, I told you not to call me here. What did I say? What did I say? You stupid fuck. What do you mean he's woken up? Christ, can't I trust you to do even the most simple things? Look, here's what you do. Shut up and listen. Get a bread knife and heat it up over the stove until it's glowing. Then press it, flat side down, onto the side of his face. Hold it there for at least 10 seconds then get some sandpaper and rub the affected area vigorously. After that take the sharpest knife you can find and make an incision around each knee, pull the skin back then rip off his kneecaps. Once that's done you need to get a knitting needle and insert it into the eye of his penis. Push slowly but firmly until he starts bleeding out of his eyes. Do that and I'll be there soon. Sorry everyone, I have to dash. I'll finish that story another time. I've got a Spurs fan coming around. Oh yes. Okie dokie. Arsene Wagner Hawkins will of course be back on another Arsecast. The next Arsecast, I'm sure. Um, so, that's just about the size of it uh, for this week. Um, just a quick look ahead to the uh, North London Derby uh, at White Hart Lane uh, this Saturday morning. Well, Saturday morning kicks off at 12.45. Uh, we've got a bit of momentum. It's good that we've got two wins under our belt to go there. Um, it's not an easy place to go at the best of times. We've struggled there from time to time uh, before. Without Robert Pires, what are we going to do for goals at White Hart Lane? His goals were, were so vital. But perhaps with Thomas Rosicki, uh, in that sort of goal-scoring form and looking like he might, he might uh, just be able to contribute a little bit of what uh, Bob did, then perhaps he might be the man uh, to score the vital goal. Adi Bayor is a guy who enjoys the big games. He scored some big goals this season. Not very often. Not very often, but he scored some big, important and round goals. The other possibility is uh, the rest of the midfield could chip in Gilberto, maybe even Alex Lebb. There is a slight worry, though, uh, over Sesk. Who's 50-50 for the game. He's got a virus, so um, the manager is saying at this stage that he's not going to gamble with him because um, we do have other games left in the season. Uh, you would imagine that somebody like Danielson might come in, or Diaby, uh, if he's recovered from his um, concussion the other night, his double vision. Uh, then again, he might start. No, he won't start with Julio Baptista, will he? The goal was an accident. Yeah. So um, you'd imagine Danielson might come in and probably the same team uh, that started against uh, Man City on Tuesday night, but with uh, with Danielson in place of Sesk.
So there you go. It's uh, it's Spurs. It's a cup final for Spurs. It's the biggest game they've got left this season. And, and really, really uh, it's probably the biggest game we've got left this season as well. Uh, three points there would be absolutely fantastic. And uh, I think I'll have to order that game on the old uh, pay-per-view thing uh, because it's Saturday morning. And I don't think I'm going to go to the pub Saturday morning. No. Anyway, that's it. Another Arscast over and done with. Um... It's been an interesting one. Again, don't panic. Don't worry. Arsene Wenger is staying. He'll be the manager until 2096. Um, Thierry Henry is going to sign a new 42-year contract. And all will be good, honestly. Cam, don't worry. All right. See you on next week's Arsecast. Bye. powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com. <laughs>